All right, uh, Daniel Munslow is with us. By the way, Duke Milan coming up shortly. He's another South African who's now living abroad in Hong Kong. In fact, uh, doing work for Fleischmann Hong Kong. Fleischmann, one of the biggest PR agencies in the world. And he's got some key insights on how to market a country. So I suppose maybe what we're talking about now in terms of the business communication is very important. Because Daniel Munslow is the principal consultant for the VMA group. Um, and he will talk about the communication survey. I will say I alluded to the PRISM Awards final judging for the... Uh, PR campaign of the year and he's my colleague on that we will not discuss that at all except we had a great time but let's get to where we are now how's it Daniel very good in you Ashraf good, good to indeed. be back right tell me about this Africa communication survey what is it firstly well in a nutshell uh, what we try and do is create a research platform to find out more information about what's happening in the industry so the survey is done annually now. Uh, we got about 400 respondents representing about 250 companies, which starts creating some very interesting trended data. But the information that comes out of it sometimes confirms things that we already knew were happening mm. in the industry, but also gives us good business insights um, into being able to plan for the future, understanding what's happening in terms of recruitment trends, but also in terms of geographic expansion, sentiment and confidence in the industry, what the key challenges are um, that communicators feel that they're facing in the environment. Okay, and, and this to confirm is how, how who communicates? Government, business, who? Uh, ac- look, across the board, it's all respondents. So what we um, identified was that there was a very nice cross-sectional analysis of um, the feedback that we got. We had respondents from government and the public sector, from non-profit organizations, and then within the private sector from retail, FMCG, um, through to banking and financial services. So across the board, it gives you a very good sense on uh, what communicators' challenges okay. are. So, so what's come out of it? Well, I think in a nutshell, there's a very mixed bag and a very mixed sentiment, as I'm sure you can imagine, given Mm -hmm. the the challenges that we face. And I think what's also very important in the 2016 research is to um, understand it within the caveat of the broader macroeconomic environment. So if I run you through very quickly the five key challenges that the communicators themselves identified they're facing, it becomes very interesting. Um, The number one challenge that uh, communicators say that they're experiencing is the downward pressure on budgets. But what is interesting is it went up by over double in less than a year. What, what the budgets went up or the pressure? No, the pressure, the downward pressure on budgets. So in other words, communicators okay. as, saying as a respondent, exactly. Yes. Okay. So as a respondent, they're saying the number one challenge that they experience within their business environment is the fact that there's less budget available for them to do the work that they need to do. Now, um, when we spoke about this on the show almost a year ago, when mm, the 2015 mm, research mm, came mm. out. Uh, pressure on downward pressure on budget. Only 22% said that it was a number one concern for them. That figure's jumped up to 58%. Wow! In less than a year. Yeah. But again, if you think about it as a mirror of the macroeconomic environment that we're in at the moment, it actually does make sense. Um, the second challenge that they said is the number and complexity of audiences that they speak to. Again, very uh, a, a very solid reflection of the heterogeneous audiences that we have to speak to uh, within the South African environment. The third one is leadership's ability to, sta- to speak to stakeholders. So communicators are saying leaders need to be more visible during times of change when there are challenges. The third one is the shortage of – sorry, the fourth one is the shortage of skills. And that's a very interesting one. So in terms of saying, as communicators responding themselves, they're saying they're struggling to find talent. They're struggling to look mm-hmm. for the right people to come into the industry. That's sitting at 29% this year, up from 25% last year. So it's still one of the top five challenges. And that could be even worse if you, if you link it to the first one, which is uh, the mac- lack of resources available in terms of money. So Absolutely. that it's even more difficult to attract and retain the type of talent that we're talking about. Absolutely. Also very interesting what came out of the research was over 58% of respondents said that they've had budget cuts on specifically on their training 
in the last what, 12 months. All the more. Exactly. But the number one reason why people say they leave, why they left their last job is lack of training and skills development and opportunities for growth. So the number, so number one is downward pressure on budget. They're mm. cutting the skills training, but that's also the number one reason that you, or the number one reason people are leaving their jobs. So if you invest more in the people, you'll improve the talent and retain the people that are working in that environment. So it's a very interesting mix between the three areas. And then also um, the the fifth one is silos within the organization, also a very interesting mm-hmm. one. So in terms of saying that we need to have a lot better collaboration um, across various departments. Uh, so, so for example, from a comms point of view, from an HR with leadership, with the office of the CEO, the investor relations departments. So they say they've identified that as a key area um, that they need to focus on. So very interesting information there just mm-hmm. in, tops of, in terms mm-hmm. of the five trends. Now, so, so that's the five, right? Yes. But does anything like, besides the initial one that you mentioned, does anything absolutely surprise you there? Do you know what? Honestly, no. I think it's almost a corroboration of information that we do know that's happening in the industry. But now that you have numbers on it and you've got a representative sample of companies, it gives you a a sense of reassurance that the direction and the sentiment and the gut feel that we had about what's happening in the industry is in fact what it is. But I think there's not only um, challenging news. I think there's also very good news. And I think it also comes out of some of the more challenging environments that we find ourselves in. And one of the questions that we asked in the survey was, do you think that the influence of communication in business will increase in the next two years or decrease. And what was very interesting was 41% strongly agreed with the sentiment that it would increase. And I think when times are tough, when times are difficult, you need that reputation mal- management element to be that much stronger. So, so again, this, this idea times. that, you know what, just, just sort of uh, close up, don't yeah. say anything. If anything, in, in the complex society we live in, con- Keeping in mind, again, we also have social media now to deal with, which we didn't have, you know, 10, 15 years ago. Uh, there's now a greater need for people in the communications field, which is exactly where you are right now. Now more than ever, absolutely. Well, interesting, yeah. How the, the, the survey, you know, you, you call it the, the Africa Communication Survey. How representative is it of the continent? I do see from the numbers that there's a skew towards respondents from South Africa. Yes, there is. We had approximately 10% of the respondents that came from outside South Africa. Um, so the overall response or the overall report looks at um, all the responses from South Africa and abroad and uh, in other African markets. But what was very interesting was when we analyzed the individual African markets on their own, and we specifically had um, Kenya, Nigeria, Botswana, and Namibia featuring in the respondents, they actually very much mirrored the challenges that we are so there's not much difference there yeah. actually isn't so it doesn't skew the data did you, that much. did you take the time to have a chat to Famida Miller before she came on air I did I mean, she, she nice worked chat. in the Kenya in yes. uh, and, and did she say anything different to you in terms of how Kenya communicates uh, she also experienced similar challenges when we were talking about that and I think it just goes to show that when you are working as a communication professional across the continent we all experience similar challenges and I think it's a, it's a great insight when you think about the vast number of global organizations that are wanting to penetrate the African market, either by directly investing or partnering and collaborating with other organizations. It's critical that global communication leaders have a better insight into the actual challenges that we experience across the because, of the Because what, what, what comes through, I mean, there's two parts of it, that do, do global companies, global brands, when they have established offices in, in different regions, do they communicate the same way or should they communicate differently? Well, there's no doubt that they should be communicating differently. But in, in a large number of instances, global organizations, when they have the messaging, it actually gets disseminated in a relatively sim- similar manner across markets. And if you look at the, the second biggest challenges communicators in Africa are facing around the heterogeneous audiences, we realize that we can't do that. Specifically, when you think, for example, about communicating on corporate social investment, mm-hmm, when we talk mm-hmm. about um, CSI in the United States or the UK, they're at a very different level talking about CO2 emissions 
efficiency and sustainability, whereas in South Africa, CSI is a lot more about sustaining a middle class of the future. It's about making sure people have food on the table at the end of the month. So you actually can't, as a global organization, take a message just on a CSI level and expect it to resonate and land correctly when you're talking to our audiences here. It is yeah, a very different that, That's a good point, yeah. Okay, to, to wrap up then, any other important issues that's come through there? I think one thing that was very interesting, and I think it uh, resonates with the sentiment and the challenges on geographic reach, that has slightly decreased in terms of um, a lot of communicators are saying that they don't think they're going to be able to expand their function in the coming year. But as I said earlier, that also in turn has a much stronger sentiment that we're seeing people coming up with a lot more creative execution and a lot of a lot more strategic insights in terms of how to land messages. So we're actually possibly seeing um, a really exciting time in the communication industry as organizations are finding more creative ways to land the messages. Mm. Can, can I bounce something off you that, that's not here, and I, and I expect you to answer it anyway because I think you know a lot about the industry anyway. What, what about the, the, you know, did it come through in the importance of the, not the, the communications head, but the spokesperson, which could well be the same person, but may not be the same person, of a company, of a country, uh, of, you know, various uh, government departments, uh, and, and, you know, again, uh, state-owned enterprises, not just in South Africa, but across the, you know, across the continent. How did that come across? Did, did that come through in your survey or just general insights you may have? I think there were some very interesting areas ar- around spokespeople, and um, certainly when we talk about the, the challenges that people have to manage their reputation, it becomes important now more than ever to identify who it is that's actually going to be the spokesperson of the company. And that's a very interesting point that you raised because when I mentioned earlier about the challenges, one of the challenges is the absence of senior leadership communicating internally to staff during difficult times. And if you're talking about macroeconomic or sociopolitical conditions, right the way through to when you talk externally on reputation management, the ability to say um, at a severity three situation, it will be the spokesperson. But really when the chips are down, it's the CEO is going to come out mm, and be the mm, voice, mm, mm, uh, uh, the voice of calm and saying, this is what's happening in the organization, that did come out there. And there is definitely, according to communicators, they're experiencing a situation where the most senior leaders in the organizations are not as visible as they should be. And why why not? You know, other other questions that we asked in the survey allude to it. And I I would surmise uh, from what the communicators said is that very often senior leaders are afraid to say something that they shouldn't say or something that would compromise them or something that um, could be held against them. And yet they're the ones who have ultimate credibility, right? In yes. terms of being the person where the buck stops with that. Person. Yes, but they have the credibility when they say the right thing or else they could actually damage their own credibility and the credibility of the organization. So it becomes a very, very careful balancing act, which I think now more than ever is why um, senior leaders in organizations should be trained. That media training component of how do you handle an interview? How do you engage with somebody? Don't ever turn around and say no comment. If there's a crisis, don't go quiet for three <laughs> or four <laughs> days and hope somebody's going to respond. It really is a question of saying, get out there, get out there now, the record straight. We spoke a few weeks ago about reputation management. The last thing you want to do when it comes to correcting your reputation is go quiet because very often it's a question of going out there and either confirming or corroborating but taking ownership of the message, setting it straight if there's anything incorrect and most importantly say this is what we are going to do as a result Absolutely. of this and be held accountable All right. for it. L- lastly, this, the survey, I mean, is it available to the general public? It is available. Uh, we're going to be posting it up on the website vmagroup.com and we'll make that available to anybody that would like, that would like a 
report. Okay. But what you can do is, uh, just as the purpose of this interview, maybe, uh, uh, and I'm asking everyone to do this nowadays, maybe tweet five or ten key takeouts that you'd like to share on air immediately via Twitter. I'll share that with listeners. I will do that. I will even right. tweet the link. Absolutely great. Thanks, There we Ashworth. are. There we are. Daniel Munslow, the principal consultant for VMA Group South Africa for the Africa the VMA Africa Communication Survey 2016. I'll tell you what, maybe at some stage we need to talk about how does small business, I'm talking about rural, you know, uh, corner shop businesses, how do they communicate? How should they communicate? How should they market? Something just to make a note of. Duke Malanza involved at macro level in terms of how a country like Ethiopia, amongst many others, how do they market themselves? And he's got these key insights, by the way, from Hong Kong. So everybody in the world is like next door right now. We'll talk to him right after this.